welcome to Between the Likes. I'm Amanda Lauren. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. It's my birthday during quarantine. Yay, kind of. Yay, but it's nice to have a birthday. I guess it's better than the alternative. Um, For my birthday, if you're listening to this on my birthday, or if you're not and you would like to honor my birthday, can you please subscribe, rate five stars, and write a quick review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen on? It's really helpful to me. Um, Subscribe. I don't know if I said subscribe. My brain is not working. Um, I had a wild night last night. And by wild, I mean I went to a friend's house and we had some wine and dinner and it was it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun um still I guess I'm used to like crazier birthdays or going away or going out to dinner or seeing lots of friends or having parties you know at my pool but um that's obviously not gonna happen this year am I a downer you know what's not a downer Clinton Kelly, Clinton freaking Kelly from What Not to Wear and ABC's The True talking about self-made mansions on HGTV. This was such a fun interview. He was so open. He was so real. He's, I really like him. Like, I feel like he's so wise. He's the kind of person who I feel like I might bump into him at an event one day and be like, tell me everything tell me your secret. And we'd have like a really nice cocktail and he'd tell me a lot and I'd be surprised and he'd give me like the best advice of my life. Do I found, do I sound like a psycho stalker? Kind of. No, it was just super cool. Um, but this show, so self-made mansions. So it's people who were like on Shark Tank or just known for inventing cool things finally are like cashing in after working hard for all these years and putting everything they can into their business. And they're buying their dream homes. And Clinton Kelly goes along with them for the ride. It's a great show. It's super fun. It's, I don't want to say it's like Shark Tank meets House Hunters, but maybe like if you like Shark Tank and you like House Hunters, you'll probably really like this show. Um, And even if you've never watched either one of those, give it a try. It's great. Um, It's nice to watch these shows. It's nice in a world of such negativity. Um... It's hard, you know, obviously, like this is not a political podcast, but a lot of terrible things happened last week. And I will say, not to get all philosophical, but I think that it's really important to surround yourself with positive content. Um, I think that there's so much negative stuff out there that you can watch and you can scare yourself and you can feel stressed out and you can obsess over it and it doesn't do anything for you. Now, that isn't say like to say turn off the TV, don't stay informed, but no one should be watching the news for like seven hours a day. It's too much. Um, And there's so much positive, fun content out there and it's hard. Listen, I am... Um, I'll talk about it. It's so funny. I will do a whole episode on this, but I had a leak in my apartment in December um, and it was the biggest nightmare because I didn't cause it. Actually, it was really my building's fault because they just didn't do things properly. And what should have been a three-day ordeal turned into a three-week one. And my apartment looked like an episode of Hoarders because just I have a lot of stuff. I barely had access to my bathroom for three weeks. Uh, my house was filled with dust and it's just like, there's, it's hard. It's hard to be at home. Um, and if you're in a state that's a free state, so to say, 
Uh, I'm really jealous of you right now. Um, LA is in almost complete lockdown. I will not be going out to dinner for my birthday this year for the first time in my entire life um, because they have shut down restaurants. It's hard. And I will say that I know when I, this is, I guess, my little personal tip for everyone, which has nothing to do with design, but, you know, surrounding yourself with positive content and good vibes and all of those things really does help improve your state of mind. And I will say, sometimes, listen, not everyone wants to watch total fluff, but like there's something really heartwarming about all of HGTV's content. And when you just want to watch something and not think about the troubles of the world and see pretty houses or even see husband and wives like argue over stupid things or ask dumb questions to a realtor like, can we change the toilet seat? Yeah, Betty, you can change the toilet seat. When you close, you can use whatever toilet seat you want in this house. You can buy a toilet seat for $10 at Home Depot. You can have your own. You don't have to share the previous owner's toilet seat on your, you know, fancy Toto toilet. Um, (laughs) So I crack myself up. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. I am going to get to it. Um, Like I said, please subscribe, rate, review. It's a birthday gift to me. Follow me on Instagram at It's Amanda Lauren, I-T-S-A-M-A-N-D-A-L-A-U-R-E-N. Link to the show notes are my my product lines. I have the Hamptons collection for Art Sugar, which is a line of super fun monogrammable art. Great for kids' rooms, art lowercase a. Just like really fun prints. I also have a line of placemats with artist Elizabeth Sutton. Again, links in the show notes. Um, Let me know. DM me if you have questions about those products. Um, We hopefully have a launch in a few weeks. It's going to be super exciting with Art Sugar, and I can't wait to tell you about it. Um, And that's it. Enjoy this interview with Clinton Kelly. Happy birthday to me. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, Clinton Kelly. I can't believe, like, I have to tell you, Um, I watch What Not to Wear all the time. I'm a huge fan. Um, I'm fangirling out right now. The like early aughts me is very much just like jumping up and down right now. So, (laughs) Well, I'm flattered. Thank you so much. And look at you now. I'm sure people tell you that all the time though. Um, It's really sweet to be honest with you. I mean, it's, well, nowadays it's not the same because people don't recognize me because I've got a mask on my face. But like, <laughs> I couldn't go through <laughs> I couldn't go through one day of my life without people saying like, "Oh my God, I love you," and that's amazing. It's really sweet, you know. It's like I wish everybody had that experience. Wouldn't you love it if people just came up to you on the street and were like, "Hey, I love you, Amanda." Yes, I I actually I actually would. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it just, it's, I'm like, this just sounds, it sounds so validating, but now you've done so much. Now you're on HGTV, um, you know, which I feel like is pretty much everyone's favorite channel. It's obviously mm-hmm. like a big go-to right now with the lack of, you know, with just like the amount of content that's out there. I feel like there's a whole new group of people discovering it because obviously they haven't been able to film and like no networks obviously been able to film quite the way they're used to this year. Um, And so I'm excited for people to discover your show. So tell me about self-made mansions. So self-made mansions is about people who have 
invented something, or maybe they're just they're entrepreneurs, um, and they've thrown their entire lives into their idea and have hit it big and are now able to buy the house of their dreams. And so I help them do that. And it's really, really fun because, A, I get to look at beautiful houses all day, which I could do all day, every day. Not and bad. I get not bad at all. I get to give them some life advice as well. You know, it's like I, um, a lot of these people are, are really, I, I mean, they're scared to death because it's their first big purchase, right? So there's that. But I find them to be so inspiring because it's like, imagine having an idea that you believed in so much that you were willing to say, you know what, I'm going to devote 80 hours a week of my life to this idea. And I'm going to take all of my money from my savings and throw it into this idea in hopes that it will take off. Um, so it's like, what? You're so brave. You're so much braver than I, than I ever could be. <laughs> but, um, so it's fun to hang out with them and, and to see how their brains work. Cause it's like a different operating system that they're on. You know, it's like, they're not going to be told what to do. They're like, I'm, I'm going to make my own rules. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's the whole spirit of entrepreneurship, but it is difficult when you're looking for a house because there's only so much that you can do and can control. You know, you can't change, you can renovate, but you can't change what neighborhood something is in. You can't change what the view looks like. I mean, unless you cut down trees or add trees, et cetera. But, you know, there's, there's I guess, like that lack of control kind of. There is, but you know what? These are people who can see potential. And so, so many of them were able to walk into a space and be like, well, this isn't exactly what I want, but I can turn it into what I want. And that's not the typical um, house hunter, I, I don't think. I mean, most of, you know, you've watched all the shows on HCTV. Oh, yeah. They walk into a house and they're like, oh, I could never live here. The walls are light blue. And you're like, you're screaming at the TV. You're like, paint them. You know, like, what? <laughs> yes. you know, why can't you see that? You could just paint that wall. Or you could replace that countertop. But these entrepreneurs were like, oh, yeah, I don't like that so much. But that's no big deal. I can just rip that out and, and start over again. But you're right about the location thing. And, you know, the interesting thing about location um, in regard to these people is that they all wanted to stay, even though they had made it big, they mm -hmm. all wanted to stay close to home and family. Uh, and the, the towns that supported them while they were, you know, working really hard to, to make it big, you know, it wasn't like, Hey, we're millionaires. We struck it rich. Let's go move to Beverly Hills. You know, it's more like, no, let's just, there's a nice house down the block that we've always liked. So let's go take a look at that. So were you surprised about their, their modesty? Because I was looking, I saw a few clips and it was the, the sweatshirt people in Arizona and they had like a 1500 square foot house with like a sofa that looked like it was, you know, $350 at big lots. Um, and I'm not, being, not being mean. I'm just like, you know, it, when you devote so much time to your work, it is often hard to like, you know, you don't really care about your sofa. It's not your main focus, but were people looking for major, major upgrades? Were you like, what, what were they going from and to for the most part? Uh, a lot of times they were going from rentals, um, small houses, maybe a two bedroom house. A lot of them were looking for four or five bedroom houses. You know, they wanted space for, you know, family to come by for friends to stay over for the family to stay over. So they were looking for space. Um, also, I got to tell you, they were all looking for, I, I can't tell you more times than not. They said, I want something that feels like an oasis, you know, whether they wanted that primary bathroom to be like a 
spa or the primary bedroom to be an escape that had a couch and its own little TV viewing area, uh, or they wanted a backyard that was like an oasis where they could just look out at the view. They always wanted that feeling of home being a, a, a quiet retreat. That's so, that's so nice. Did anyone want anything super extravagant? And I don't think four, listen, like four or five bedrooms can be a big house, but it's not crazy. Did anyone want anything just like so over the top? You know, they, they really didn't. One one family wanted a five car garage um, or, uh, or a basement that was like at least 3,000 square foot of unfinished space. And I was like, wow, that's kind of hard. That's hard to find. But, um, you know, I will say the name of the show is a little bit misleading. I mean, I, I think people should focus on the self-made part. It's like these were, these weren't mansions. Like these were, these were nice houses, um, mm-hmm. that self-made people had, had bought. Um, so, you know, that's, that was the fun of it. It was like nobody was really like saying, I, I want, you know, a five car garage and I want seven bedrooms and I want, you know, four pools. They're, well, you know what? Now that I'm mentioning this, I'm remembering the family in uh, Miami and they wanted, they wanted everything. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted that real, like almost stereotypical Miami party pad. That's fun though. Like, listen, if you work really hard, you, you deserve that. Um, what did they, wait, so can you like spill tea? Like what, what specifically was in the houses that they were looking at? Um, well, lots of, there were several pools in the houses that they were looking at. Like, um, yeah. Uh, you know, just big outdoor barbecue places, outdoor kitchens, um, uh, game rooms media rooms you know it's like yeah he wanted a like a room just for his like uh what do you call those flight simulator games oh wow <laughs> like, wow yeah so you know that was kind of wild to be a part of because i was like i would never in a million years <laughs> spend my money on a, a house this big even if i had it to spend but okay if you want to do it like that's cool. You know, it's funny how everybody has just different priorities in life. You know, I was talking to this couple and they were like, this is our dream house. We want seven bedrooms and we want a four car garage and we want two pools um, and we want an outdoor kitchen and we want, you know, game room and we want the, the uh, movie viewing room and all that stuff. And I was like, this is so weird because if I were a multi multi millionaire, like I wouldn't want this house. No offense, but like <laughs> I would rather have, I'd rather have like six, one bedroom apartments throughout the country or throughout the world, you know, but like, that's why everybody's different. And that's why I like doing this show. Cause it was sort of like, tell me what's important to you in your life. Is it entertaining? Is it your family? You know, is it your friends? Is it, is it showing off? Is it being in the middle of the woods where nobody can find you? You know, so everybody had a different story. No, that's super, that's super interesting. No. And I, I totally agree with you. Let me ask you though, if you had to make, so I have been just in my life, I joke around that I'm like, you know, that we're like bougie adjacent, my husband and I, and we were at someone's house once in Texas. And this guy, he was, I think like, this was like, they had like a private plane. It was like a friend of a friend kind of thing. So a lot of money. And he had a golf simulator room which I would have no interest in, but is literally my husband's dream. So what's your dream? If you could just snap your fingers and just add some sort of dream extravagance 
to your home, to your current home or one of your homes, what would it be? I, I, the older I get, the more I realize I am just, I just want the simple pleasures of life. I don't have a pool in my house. And the one thing that I want is a little bit of a, a little pool, not for a pool party for 20 people, just for maybe four people at most to like float around and have cocktails <laughs> in, uh, around sunset time. But, but honestly, like my dream situation would be an apartment in Sydney overlooking the Sydney Opera House and another one bedroom apartment in Paris with a view of the Eiffel Tower and another one bedroom apartment in San Francisco with a view of the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, like that's where, that's what I would love. Like that's my dream scenario. So I don't want anything extravagant. Like, uh, you know, like what do I do? It's like, I like to be outside. I like to garden. I like to play with my dog. It's like, I don't, if I like golf then maybe I'd want a golf simulating room or if I like to, <laughs> flying airplanes maybe i'd want an airplane simulator but i don't i don't want that i just want to spend time with the people i like and i can do that anywhere that's like that's kind of the perfect answer that's so that's so nice you always Aww. just hear about people wanting more and more it's weird like do you think those people even though they were so successful were in some ways kind of happy with what they had yes i think that's a really good point they you said that they were happy with what they had. Yeah, like even though they were living, even though they were looking to upgrade and buy themselves something nicer, were they still in some ways? I mean, like when I watch House Hunters, some of these people are like, oh, we have five children and we're in 900 square feet. And I'm just like, okay, so I get it. You're losing your mind. But were those people in some ways just satisfied with what they had, but just looking to, you know, treat themselves in a certain way or just make life easier by having more space? I think that your comment is super, your question is super insightful because now that I think about it, I, they, they were all pretty happy with what they had before. You know, it's like they weren't miserable saying, oh, I can't wait to get out of this one bedroom apartment. They were they were kind of cool. They, they loved what they were doing for a living. You know, like that's the thing when you're an entrepreneur, like generally you're really passionate about your, your idea or your product. So they were like, we were totally fine, but now we have all this money in the bank. We might as well have a bigger house. So, you know, <laughs> we might, it was, you know, it wasn't like the big house was their priority. Their priority was, you know, making a company um, or getting their product out in the market. Um, that was the priority, you know? So that's, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, they were happy before. They're just happier now and, and bigger and bigger homes. That's sort I don't know. I was just sort of curious, but that's now I'm like really more interested in the show because it's, it's sort of interesting. It just kind of like gives you a perspective, especially like being happy with what you have during the pandemic. I feel like that's been a question a lot of people have asked themselves, you know, and just living in their current spaces and making the best of everything. Now, did you shoot, when was this shot? Oh, I, we shot during the pandemic. We shot this, um, during the fall. So, you know, we, we get, uh, HGTV and I had lots of discussions about when we would shoot this and, um, how we would shoot it. And, you know, it, the numbers were going down <laughs> in the fall. So we were all like, okay, cool. We got this under control. The, you know, the country's got it under control. So let's, let's start doing it. So I started flying around and, you know, it was very safe, obviously in that, you know, we, I was COVID tested. The homeowners were COVID tested. The crew was COVID tested. Everybody was wearing masks when, they were off camera. There wasn't, you know, more than there wasn't too much time spent indoors in small spaces. So, um, you know, it was good to be out, to be honest with you, because 
I spent so many months locked up in my house in Connecticut where I was just, it was like me, my husband, and my dog in the woods. And it was like, <laughs> la, 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 la. Like, I feel like, is the world still going on out there? You know, it's, um, so it's nice to be out in the rest of the country and see people or just, you know, everyone getting on with their lives. Um, you know, it's, with that being said, some places treated the pandemic like a pandemic and some places were sort of like, pandemic? What pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I get it. I have family in Florida. So <laughs> we we hear about that, about that all the time. Like, oh yeah, we saw all these people eating inside in a restaurant. And I'm like, there were a hundred people there. And I'm just like, okay, like that. Nah, yeah. Please don't go inside. Like mother-in-law, please just, just stay outside. But um, what, how did it feel like different, you know, having this restriction and trying to do this now? Yeah, it was a little, it, it wasn't, I loved, loved, loved shooting the show, talking with the homeowners, looking at the houses. Uh, but usually when I go on the road, I mean, What Not to Wear, as you know, shot all over the country, right? We, we traveled everywhere. And it was so much fun because, you know, after the shoot was over, you'd go out with the crew for drinks or dinner, or maybe you, I was traveling to a city where I had friends and go out. And actually in the early days of What Not to Wear, like, after shooting, like I would, I used to go out to clubs, you know, like <laughs> like until two o'clock in the morning, and then like get up at seven o'clock to to shoot the show the next day. Um, but now shooting on the road is is really different because like all right, you shoot, and then you go back to your hotel room and order room service, and just you know maybe take a shower, put on the bathrobe, and just watch TV for the rest of the night alone. Um, so. You know, TV in the age of the in the age of COVID is not as much fun to make. But it was all you know, it was all good. Like it's, I've had I've had plenty of fun on the road. I don't need to have any more. And it, I, you know, we all have to do what we have to do to get through this. But so I'm, I'm not complaining. But it's just very different than it used to be. No, of of course. I mean, listen. I think that especially in this day and age, people are just happy to be working in semi semi normal conditions again, and everyone yeah. has to be, you know, grateful for that. Um, where did you shoot it? Like, what cities were you in? I was in. Let me see if I, if I can go through the list in my head. Um, San Diego, Yucaipa, uh, California, which is outside of Palm Springs. L.A., Portland, Oregon, Miami, Atlanta, North Carolina, Massachusetts, Long Island, and I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but I can't think of what I'm forgetting. So those were those are the the main cities. That's I was going to I'm dying to see the Long Island one because I just think that'll be I have family in Long Island and we I go to the Hamptons for like the summer. I live in LA, but we spent the summer in the Hamptons because LA was just a nightmare. Um, and mm. like the houses there is much bigger than our like one bedroom apartment. Um, but Long Island has such like its own culture. That must have sort of been an interesting episode. Oh, you have no idea, man, because you know, I'm from Long Island. Okay. That's number one. Number <laughs> two, <laughs> that was like, here I come, Long Island. It was. I have a you know a real. I won't call it a love hate relationship with Long Island. I will say that when I was living there as a as a teenager, I hated it only because I wanted you know I wanted to see the world. 
You know, yeah. <laughs> I grew up in a town called Port Jefferson Station, which is a lovely little town. But I just thought it was, you know, I was like, I can't get out of here. I need to get out. I need to travel. I need to be in New York City. And I eventually did that. And now I go back to my hometown. I'm like, oh, this is totally adorable. Why did I, <laughs> why did I hate it so much? <laughs> um, but this, this couple actually was leaving their hometown of Wontaw, New York, okay, mm-hmm. which, which is on the South Shore in Nassau County. Um, and Wontaw is where my grandparents lived for 60 years. So I got to wow. stop by my grandparents' house. Um, the, and ha- the house that I lived, you know, like the first year of my life in, I actually lived there, lived with my grandparents my first, you know, six months of working in New York City because I was commuting, couldn't, find, couldn't afford an apartment in New York. And so it was really special to do that. And then they, they were looking for an apartment or a house in Long Beach. So, mm-hmm. you know, right on the water. So it was, it was, that was a fun episode. It really was touching. I, I teared up. The, the, the people who owned my grandparents' house now, um, they let me in and they showed me around and oh. they, they found, they found a painting that my grandfather had painted in the, and that I guess was left in the attic and they had it framed and it was hanging in the hallway and it made me tear up. And I thought like how sweet of them to find something that my grandfather painted and, and literally like put it in a frame and hang it on the wall to like commemorate him and, and like to honor the house. Um, and because that house was just filled with love. Like I, I tell people all the time, like nobody loved each other more than my parents, my grandparents did. Like my grandparents oh. from the second they met until the, you know, until my grandfather's death, they were madly in love with each other. And so the house, you could just feel the love in it after all those years. It was really touching. I'm literally I'm in tears. I'm, t- I'm trying to. It was, it was really, you know, homes are, it just shows you that a house isn't just a house. You know, a house can really like represent something much more important than that. You know, it's whether it's love or family or, you know, the hard work that you put into your career. So it's not just, we're not just talking about bricks and sheetrock. We're talking about, you know, real emotions. Oh, of, I mean, of course, I totally get Listen, my parents sold our childhood home to someone I didn't like. And, oh. to this, and it's like the one thing I'm like, I should be in therapy for this because I always talk about it. I'm just like, they had the worst sense of style because I saw photos of the place they lived in before. And I'm mm. just like, oh, they just ruined it. <laughs> I'll just never go back. It's okay. It is what it is. Um, like, what What can you, you know, what can you do? Let me ask you. So you are a tastemaker. You know, you were obviously on the chew and not to wear. And now, you know, you're getting into home style. What do you think, how does someone develop a sense of style? Because you are all about style, whether it's home, whether it's fashion, whether it's even like, the way you present food. How do you do that? Because I think that is something that so many people are trying to have and they're looking at Pinterest and they're looking at Instagram, but it's not something you can find on the, on the internet. So how do you find your own, how can people find their own sense of style in this, in this world today, you know, years after what not to wear is off the air? Yeah. Let's just on the topic of like, personal like style regarding fashion or um or clothing i used to always tell people style is a combination of art and science right because so it's like 50 percent of it is your own personal taste um but also 50 percent of it is how clothes fit on your body right it's like you can't have 
one without the other. You have to know, like, you can't just have clothes that fit you and then just look like crap because then you look like crap. But, and you can't just have clothes that are stylish that are too tight because then you look like you're wearing clothes that are too tight or clothes yeah. that are too big and they're just hanging off of you. So you, you have to have the art and the science of it. Um, and the same thing goes with food. You know, it's like you can put your own personal spin on a dish, but you have to know the science of how things cook and how things taste good. Like when you brown a steak, that's how you get the flavor out of the steak. You know, it's like different than a boiled steak. So you need to know the techniques and then the spices and the, co- the combinations are your own, you know, flair. And the same thing goes with home design. You can't just look at pictures all day of like pretty things and expect your house to be pretty um, because you put them in the same space. You have to sort of learn about the proportion of things, like really study them. You know, it's like when you, you don't just look at a pretty picture of a, of a room and say, oh, it's pretty. I want that lamp. That's not the lamp isn't why the room is pretty. The room is, is beautiful because the furniture is in the right scale um, to the room because there are lots of textures in the room because of the, the, the layout of the room, you know, so that, you know, the way it, it functions, you know what I mean? It's like, just be a little bit more critical. Don't just look at it through the eye of aesthetics. It's about what is the function behind something. So I think that's what it is. It's like, just, and, and also if you want to get into home decor, like immerse yourself in it, get, get all those high end magazines, like get the real high end magazines of, of, you know, houses that you'll never be able to afford or furniture mm-hmm. that you'll, you'll never want to buy because it's, you know, who's going to spend a 50,000, you know, spend $50,000 on a sofa that your kids are going to spill chocolate milk on. But like, <laughs> look at it, like, look at those spaces and ask yourself, why do those spaces look so expensive? You know, it's about the materials that they use. It's about the craftsmanship. It's about the plays on uh, of the color palettes and stuff like that. So, you know, just do your homework, I, w- I would say. Like, have and look with a critical eye. I feel like I'm rambling to death, but... No, um. no, this is so... I think it's so helpful because I think that that's something that's sort of intangible that people don't really... Pe- I don't even think people can articulate it very... I'm not articulating it very well, but people really can't when they're like, what should I buy? What should I do? How should I arrange this? How should I look? People are trying to figure out how to put all these things together, but can't quite like get on the nose of it. And I think Mm -hmm. it's really interesting that you say that, especially with home design, because I will look at things all day long and I can't say all of the super high end things they're copies of, but most of them, there are. There are. Way more than ever. For sure. For sure. So you don't have to have a million dollar budget to have a room that looks expensive. You just have to do your homework. You know, you got to get out there and shop as well. I mean, it takes, I don't know if you've ever decorated a room, but it can take a whole day to find, you know, the perfect lamp. I mean, I, I, it took me so long to find these lamps in my den. I was like, oh my God. But then I finally was like, whew, all done. <laughs> Listen, it once took me six months to choose a soap dispenser. So I totally, totally, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And to this day, I don't remember what it looked like. I don't have it anymore. And I don't know what took me so long. So I totally, I totally get that. Um, you know, one more question before I let you, before I let you go, because I know you have to go, which is I was reading about, you know, your career journey, which is that you started out as um, a journalist and then you went into television mm-hmm. and that is exactly what I wanted to do. So I want to know, how did that trajectory, you know, end up working for you? So I um, 
well, this is kind of a long story, which I'll have to tell quickly because I've got to, I've got to run. But I, I said to the universe one day, universe, I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life, but I don't want to be a magazine editor anymore. If you point <laughs> me in the right direction, I promise I will follow. Um, and then a casting agent uh, called me a week later, emailed me a week later and asked me if I wanted to audition for What Not to Wear. That's literally how it happened. What You um, manifested it. <laughs> What's that? You manifested it completely. I totally manifested it. I absolutely did. I was like, I just, I literally don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life, but I can't sit at this desk for another minute. <laughs> um, just please, please, Lord, <laughs> or whoever's listening to this above, help me out here. And it sort of it just happened. Um, but I don't know. It's like just also, if you want to be on, on TV, you have to be yourself, but like a kind of an amplified version of yourself. That's the best advice I can give somebody who wants to be on TV. Like just, you know, people respond to authenticity. I mean, lots of big personalities, a lot of people who act like idiots get a lot of attention, but they oh, also yeah. burn out very quickly. You know, if you want a, a long lasting career in TV, it's best to like just be a normal person with some strong opinions um, <laughs> and show up on time for work. <laughs> And you'll have a, a nice long career. Oh my gosh, that is great advice. I'm going to let you run. I'm so excited to watch this show. Um, and I'm sure everyone else will be too. Thank you so much for being on. My absolute pleasure. It was, it was really fun to talk to you. I hope our paths cross in person one of these days. I, I'm, listen, I'm, my fingers are crossed this pandemic will end. Absolutely. Thank you so much.